It was a really funny experience. My boss kind of said to me one day, like, we're going to film an episode of The Bachelor. And I was like, what? Like, uh, like back up, what? And she was like, yeah, like, I'm flying to Costa Rica and Cosmo is hosting an episode of The Bachelor and I want you to come. And I was like, what? And, you know, I think it was such a fun experience. We, you know, we went to Costa Rica. We spent the whole day on set with the whole cast. You know, Jess asked me to write the story to a company in our magazine. So, you know, what assistant, what entry-level assistant to the editor-in-chief gets to write a six-page spread in the magazine? Like, none of them. Hello, and welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. So during my awkward teen years, I always remember turning to magazines for advice, from getting your first period to kissing your crush. Social media and influencers weren't as popular back then. I knew that if I wanted to get raw, straightforward advice, I'd turn to Cosmo magazine. Cosmo has a cheerful, girlfriendy tone and a much racier reputation than its newsstand competitors. Its covers are often bold with headlines on sex, relationships, breakups, and weight loss. Now it's so incredible to see how the magazine has transitioned to a more digital front and has reinvented itself to adapt to their readers' ever-changing needs. So I thought who better to speak to than the editorial assistant and assistant to the editor-in-chief, Samantha Fair. Sam's dream growing up was to work at Cosmo and she did just that with hard work and dedication. At 23 years old, she's writing for the magazine, supervising the internship program, managing day-to-day workflow, and helping the team produce content for their Instagram Live with an audience of over 3 million followers. Today, we talk about how she developed her strong personal brand to land her dream job, what it's really like to work for the largest young woman's media company in the world, and how she balances working full-time with her own online clothing company. I absolutely love talking to Sam today, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm here with the fabulous Samantha Fair. So I found Sam through her video on how she landed her dream job at Cosmo. I absolutely loved how passionate she was about her role, and I really admired her entrepreneurial spirit. And we're both the same age, so it's extremely motivating to see another young woman prove that hard work and dedication really pays off. So Sam, I know that you touched on several of these points in your video, but for people who haven't seen it, did you always know that you wanted to work for Cosmo and pursue a degree in journalism? Yes. Since very early childhood, I kind of decided journalism was going to be the path for me. It's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, I made my mom pre-screen The Devil Wears Prada so I could see it. And um, I went to see the movie and, you know, I think I was old enough to know that it wasn't real life, but I was also, you know, young enough to kind of be so excited and inspired and almost electrified by um, what the journalism industry seemed to be like. Um, So it kind of was the first spark that got me interested in learning more about it. And the more I learned about it and the more I worked in it, you know, the more excited I was about it as an industry. And, you know, consuming media your whole life, that's all you do all the time, right? You're always reading things, seeing them on TV, scrolling on your Instagram feed, you're consuming content all of the time. And, you know, because journalism in kind of this space, pop culture, entertainment, fashion, beauty, lifestyle, that was always my interest. I was reading a lot of Vogue, Cosmo, you know, the big names in um, editorial, like young women's media. And Cosmo always really spoke to me on 
it what felt like a very intimate level, you know? Um, I think a lot of the magazines I was reading felt like they were telling me what's cool and what's important. And in Cosmo, it always kind of felt like I had a stake in what was important and I had a say in what, what kind of content they created. So, you know, once I decided on journalism, it didn't take long for me to fall in love with Cosmo and make that my goal. Nice, yeah. And so how did you land the position um, at Cosmo? Did you do networking for several years or did you... My first decision? Yeah. So it's funny. I, like I said, knew I wanted to work at Cosmo from a very young age. So I kind of went into everything I did with the mindset of, will this get me to Cosmo? Um, so when I was in high school, I, you know, weaseled my way into some conversation about Cosmo and someone was like, oh, you should meet this person I know there. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I was like 17 years old or 16 years old the first time I walked into the Cosmo office just out of sheer determination and ambition to land there. Um, and, you know, I talked to some editors, but they don't have anything that a 17-year-old can do. So, you know, they were like, that's great. And, you know, come back someday when you have qualifications. And I was like, okay. And then when I was in college, I did a similar thing. I met a person who knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy who worked at Cosmo. And they were like, you should meet them. You know, you're really ambitious and it sounds like something that you really care about. And I was like, yep, sign me up. So I went again, but you know, informational interviews uh, don't always turn into things. And again, I wasn't qualified for anything there. You know, they didn't have an internship that was available at the time. So it really was just going in and meeting people. And I was like, oh, I feel like I keep getting so close. Like I'm in these offices talking to people. And, you know, so I think it was helpful in the sense that, you know, one day when this job listing went up on LinkedIn and I applied, I could speak to specific actions I took and specific circumstances I put myself in that made me a good position, like fit for the position. Um, and, you know, I could say like, I managed to get my way into this office twice. And if you let me do it a third time, I'm not leaving. Um, and, you know, it really, I really think um, kind of just applying that, you know, really goal-driven mindset to everything I did is what ended up getting me there at the end. But, you know, the actual application process, I, I joke with people all the time that, you know, a job just went up on LinkedIn and I applied to it and, you know, it all it all worked out, which was great. But I think it, you know, it didn't hurt that in my cover letter, I was able to speak to my resourcefulness and my ambition by saying, I've been to your offices a bunch of times already just because I wanted to get here. Um, and, you know, that speak to how much I care about this, then I don't know what does. Yeah, that's great. So do you think your university experience kind of prepared you um, for the real world? And did you do any internships while you were during your undergrad? Or how did you get kind of some more experience before getting your first job? Um, yeah, you know, I went to Elon University in North Carolina for undergrad, and they have a really, really wonderful communications program. And um, I majored in journalism, and I minored in multimedia authoring, which is, you know, graphic design, web coding, that kind of stuff. And um, I think it was a really valuable major minor combo that a lot of people don't have access to. And it's really great for what the media landscape looks like now, which is, you know, very digital forward. So um, it was a great experience, even just purely based on the curriculum. Um, but another thing that I think Elon was great at is they really emphasize experiential learning. They always say when you're applying to Elon, make sure you have a lot of 
like cool extracurriculars because, you know, your GPA is important and your SAT score is important, but what's really important is what you care about and, and how ambitious you are and how badly you want to achieve things. So, um, they've always really had a very experienced forward learning process. And so they put a lot of value on internships and, um, outside of the classroom experiences. So I really do think it was a great place for me to kind of kickstart my career because I ended up having all this ambition for outside of the classroom learning opportunities. And so we're required to do an internship for school credit in order to graduate. You know, I think a lot of places don't have that requirement. So people kind of sometimes see internships as optional. And, um, you know, I think personally internships are what got me this job at Cosmo at the end of the day. I had great experiences um, at a variety of places. The first one was at a social media marketing agency, kind of right on the cutting edge of that industry. The second one was at a kind of pop culture entertainment website where I had an author page and I was writing. And then the third one was at a website called Stylecaster, which is kind of a digital mag. But the content that Stylecaster produced was the most similar to Cosmo out of all my internships. And, you know, it was a small team when I got there. And as their intern, because it was a small team, I had a lot of work to do. So I was producing tons of bylines. And by the time my internship was over, they were like, honestly, we could still use an extra set of hands. So I ended up freelancing for them. Um, And, you know, I just kept turning whatever opportunity I was presented with in the first place, I kept trying to turn it into something more. So by the end, I was, you know, really working for Stylecaster. Um, And then by the time I got to applying for Cosmo, I think, you know, that was really kind of it for me. It was, I had tons of bylines in the right kind of voice, the right kind of content. And I had experience in the industry that was invaluable. And, you know, you can't really get that experience anywhere else. So I know that your role as an editorial assistant and assistant to the editor-in-chief, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get to learn from such an amazing mentor, but then you also get to kind of dip your toes in the editorial world. Do you mind sharing um, what your role really entails and what you do from like day to day? Yeah, um, I always say this, but no two days are the same ever. Uh, it, it ranges anywhere from you know managing Jess, our editor in chief's calendar, to you know flying to Costa Rica to help film an episode of The Bachelor. Like it's a whirlwind, and you know part of the reason I love my hybrid title is that you know I never get bored. There's no opportunity to get bored, and you know that's part of what attracted me to the journalism industry in the first place was you might be doing you know going through the same motions every day, but the content is always different. And as someone who thrives on change, um, that was really always exciting to me. So, um, you know, I, I kind of get there at nine, nine thirty AM every morning. And that's at least 30 minutes before most of the team rolls in, I kind of set everyone up for their day. And then we hit the ground running when they walk in. And when I say hit the ground running, I really mean it. It could be anything. I get to write stories. I get to help conduct research. I get to host a YouTube series. I get to book talent for our Instagram Live and create franchises for our Instagram Live. I get to work on marketing campaigns for our fragrance. I, you know, I feel like there are so many more opportunities in my role than a lot of people at my level get. Um, You know, it's an entry-level position, but I really, really do get to get my hands dirty in everything. And people always ask me, what's my favorite part about working at Cosmo? And I think it's that. I think it's that no two days are the same. And every day there's a different opportunity for growth and learning and engaging with our audience, with our content, with 
you know, whatever it might be. So it really is so rewarding. And, um, you know, I wish I had a better answer on the what's a typical day like question, but I think that's what makes my job special is that there is no answer for that question. Yeah, for sure. And do you, have you ever experienced kind of imposter syndrome working there? Cause I know people probably think of Cosmo at this big untouchable company that's yeah, super high up there. So at the beginning, were you kind of unsure of your abilities or you kind of just faked it till you made it? You know, it's funny because I I think every person experiences imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. And I have a lot of jobs and, you know, in every part of my career, I have at some point felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. And yeah, you know, when you find yourself at age 21, fresh out of college, surrounded by people who are the best at their jobs in the industry you work in, it's intimidating. And I had come from being a big fish in a little pond to, you know, suddenly being thrown into this enormous pond full of big fish. Think at first glance, it's scary and you feel like your contributions are not going to be helpful or insightful because what could I have to contribute that these people haven't already thought of and rejected? I do think right off the bat, it can be scary and it can be intimidating, but there are two things that make it okay. One, if you're not challenged by your environment, you're not able to grow in that environment. And so Cosmo presents me with an insane opportunity to grow every single day because thing is easy where I work because, um, you know, you're always trying to beat out your previous best. And, you know, that's something I think we're really good at and our team is really good at. And that's how we keep growing and evolving every single day. So um, there's that. But there's also just the fact that it's such a supportive environment. Like my coworkers and I all value what each other has to contribute. And, you know, I think we all really play into each other's strengths really well. And we, I think one thing that my boss Jess is really good at is identifying people's strengths and bringing them out and really harnessing them. And so, you know, when we're working on a project, she has this great talent where she can, you know, pick five names out of the 70, however many people on staff to bring into the initial brainstorm for it. And that team will, you know, each person on that team will bring something unique and special to that brainstorm. So even though it might seem intimidating in the beginning, the truth is like every single person's voice is heard. Every single person's opinion is valued. Every single person's contributions are elevated because of the environment we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And when I started my first position or started my first job, I wanted to become a sponge. So I tried to take on so many different tasks and learn from so many different people. Did you ever struggle with that at the beginning and kind of to prove your worth and you didn't like, you tried not to burn yourself out? Burnout is an interesting um topic. And, you know, I haven't quite experienced it yet, but people always warn me that at the rate I'm moving, I will someday. And I'm just praying that that I don't hit that wall for a long time. You know, yeah, I think when you're in an environment like the one I'm in at Cosmo, being a sponge is important. And in my role, which is a role where I'm exposed to every part of the brand, every member of the team, every single day, you know, there can be a lot to absorb. And, you know, you're always trying to be a better version of yourself the next day or for the next project. And kind of beating your previous record is a big theme where I am. So I think, you know, like I said, it's a valuable environment if you want to be a sponge because there's a lot to learn from. And the truth is Hearst is Hearst Magazines, which is our parent company, is just a playground of technology and innovation. And there are so many opportunities there to learn and grow. You know, like the resources are out of this world. And anything that I really want to learn more about, I have access to there. And um, like I said, I have access to the best of the best people in our industry, which is wonderful too, because 
um, you know, if I want to learn more about a certain specific niche part of the industry, I have the opportunity to do that when you're learning so much every day. Like I go home at the end of the day, exhausted every day, whatever time it is, 6 30, 7 PM. I go home. I could literally sleep for 48 hours because I feel like every single day is a whirlwind of learning new things and, you know, trying to absorb all of it and not forget any of it. And, you know, there are times when I definitely like, it takes me two or three tries to get the hang of something. Being in that kind of supportive environment with all of those resources has made me a better learner and a better sponge. I feel like if anything, I've honed my ability to absorb from other people. And I think a lot of that is due to how collaborative the environment at Cosmo and at Hearst is, you know, we're not just working with Cosmo every day. We're working with all of the other Hearst brands and we're learning from each other. So I do think it's a really valuable environment for anyone who wants to learn a lot of things. For a lot of people, Hearst is kind of an end goal, which, you know, it still is for me. I hope to live and die at Hearst. But, um, you know, I feel really lucky that I kind of got to start my career there. Yeah, sounds like an amazing work environment and some really supportive people that you work with. Um, So what's been some of your favorite projects that you've worked on with Cosmo? I know that you mentioned that you got to work with The Bachelor. Yes, that was fun. And I always go back to that being kind of my full circle moment. If you, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I'm obsessed with The Bachelor. I am a religious Monday night Bachelor Nation member, but you know, it's always been something that I cared about and like just enjoyed. It's like the one thing I kind of do for myself that where I just like kind of let my brain melt for an hour every week, you know, um, I'm, I'm constantly engaging in work and business. So it feels good to just have something kind of silly to focus on for a while, but it was a really funny experience. My boss kind of said to me one day, like, we're going going to film an episode of The Bachelor. And I was like, what? Like, like back up, what? And she was like, yeah, like I'm flying to Costa Rica and Cosmo was hosting an episode of The Bachelor and I want you to come. And I was like, what? Like that, what? (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think it was such a fun experience. We, you know, we went to Costa Rica, we spent the whole day on set with the whole cast. And then, you know, I, in an amazing, exciting turn of events was, you know, Jess asked me to write the story to a company in our magazine. So, you know, what assistant, what entry level assistant to the editor-in-chief gets to write a six-page spread in the magazine, like none of them. So, um, you know, it, it really felt like kind of a dream come true. And it felt very full circle because it was something I was interested in, cared about in my personal life. It's really fun to do something that you love as a human and get paid for it. So I always go back to that as being, you know, one of the most exciting experiences. But the truth is, because everything I do is so different, it's hard to compare them to each other, you know? I have a lot of opportunities to experiment and grow and collaborate with brilliant people. And at the end of the day, every single thing that I've worked on has been a learning experience, an exciting opportunity. You always meet people and something always comes out of those experiences. So maybe my favorite couple days of it so far has been in Costa Rica filming The Bachelor, but confident that as I move forward, there's always something to top the last. And it feels like every day, the more involved I get in the different parts of our brand and the different parts of our company, the more opportunities come out of it. Yeah. yeah, Jessica seems like an amazing mentor. So what's kind of the best advice that you've received from her? What have you learned um, from her? I learned something every single day. And I 
make sure to tell her that because it truly is a, an experience that you can't get anywhere else or with anyone else. You know, if you're, you know, I came to Cosmo being like, someday I want to be the editor in chief of Cosmo. And to be able to work alongside the current editor in chief of Cosmo every single day and really see close up everything she does and everyone she works with and every project she's a part of, um, not a lot of people get to participate from that vantage point. Um, and I feel so lucky to do that because even when she doesn't realize she's teaching me things, I'm learning from her. But she has one thing that she says in every meeting that I always go back to because I think it is such a smart way to run a business. But we'll all sit down in a meeting and the first words out of her mouth are bad ideas first. And there are a couple of reasons why I think that is so smart. And one of them is because it fosters an environment of like a safe space. And, you know, no one is scared to say what's on their mind ever because, you know, worst case scenario, we all have a good laugh over it and we're all friends. So like, whatever, like we're laughing together at work. That's, you know, if that's the worst case scenario, sign me up. I think it really allows all of us to work to our highest potential in terms of creativity and innovation. It really gives us the agency to create something that we care about that came from our brains. And I think a lot of times it's easy as a leader to um, kind of like set up the path and you know bring everyone on it. But I think what's really unique and special about Jess is that we're all building this path together. And like I said before, I think one of her greatest strengths is identifying and really harnessing people's best talents and using them to their full potential. So I think, you know, I think that is something that I've learned from her as someone who wants like myself, who aspires to be a leader someday in a capacity similar to the one she's in right now. You know, that is something like to value your team at that level and to really kind of understand how great the product can be if we all put our best strengths forward and, you know, work together. I think her understanding of that and the way she uses it is so smart. But, you know, another thing I've learned from her that I can apply to every part of my career is at Cosmo, under Jess's lead, we take a really reader-first approach. We talk about our reader more than anything else. And all of the content we create is with the reader in mind. It's never self-serving. It's always to serve the reader. You know, that kind of data-first approach and, you know, really hearing from our audience about what they want, what they need has really helped us be successful because, you know, when the reader feels like they have a stake in it, when they feel like they have a seat at the table, when they do have a seat at the table, they're more likely to engage with the content that follows because they asked for it. We're just delivering on what they need and want. So um, it's something that I've applied to every part of my life and career. And I really do think that's something else that's really unique to Jess because everywhere I've worked, I think in the past has had a similar approach, but you know, watching Jess really say it all the time, all she talks about is our reader. It really does. It kind of conditions us to think through the lens of our reader at all times. And I think that is how you best serve your reader. And on top of working at Cosmo, you're also an online content creator, and then you have your own online clothing boutique. Do you mind just touching up on that and kind of how you got started with those? Sure. Yeah. Um, it, I kind of stumbled into it accidentally. Um you know, I was a content creator for a lot of college and it was a really exciting and rewarding experience. I really feel like I have relationships with my followers that are 
real friendships and, you know, it's a bunch of people I've never met mostly. So I really love that part of my life and that part of my work. And it was December of my senior year and I was about to graduate. I graduated a semester early. So it was about two weeks before I was graduating and the Cosmo listing went up online and I applied right away. And um, a couple hours after I submitted my application, I was on the phone with my mom and we kind of looked at each other and said, what if I don't get it? Like, you know, I've worked kind of my whole life for this. And not that it's the end all be all and that my life is over and my path is all fucked up if I don't get it. But it's kind of the only thing for me that was worth graduating early for. I was like, I did it with a very deliberate purpose in mind and it was to work at Cosmo. So I said to my mom, you know, like if if I don't get it, I don't really feel like I need to leave school and go get another job right away. I feel like I can like stay at school, maybe bartend or do something. And my mom knows me well enough to say like, you know, that's not going to be enough for you. You're going to need to do something. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, we went back and forth a little bit about kind of what my brand is on Instagram and, you know, on all the different platforms and what it means to me and what the most important parts of it are. And, um, you know, it kind of came back to my audience and what they come to me for. And so we kind of talked about what that was. And, you know, I had taken some polls on my Instagram, like, why do you follow me? Like, what do you want to see from me? And at the time, a lot of it was fashion and um, out and photo inspo, that kind of stuff. It kind of felt like the next step was to give my followers a piece of me in some way, like some tangible product that they could have that came straight from my brain. And, you know, we went back and forth about what that would be. But at the end of the day, because a lot of my followers had come to me for outfit inspo, it the brand extension that made the most sense was clothes. So, you know, we kind of started this little online boutique as kind of a backup plan in case I didn't get the job at Cosmo. And then I did get the job at Cosmo. And I was like, oh shit, now I have a business too. Like, I guess I have to, you know, do all of the things. And so, you know, I was a little bit nervous at first that it would be too much to take on. And don't get me wrong. I have a lot of sleepless nights kind of, you know, I'm always working until 3am. But at the end of the day, it has been so rewarding and so exciting. And I really feel like it was the right way to not just expand upon my relationship with my followers, but deepen it because it's another way to kind of communicate with them and understand what they want and what they need and what's important to them. And it feels really good to see a picture of one of my followers in a product that came from my living room, you know, like that is, there's something special about that. Um, So it's been a really, really rewarding journey and albeit an unexpected one. Yeah. You've built such an amazing brand. Like I've looked at some of your clothing and it's really, really, really cute. So (laughs) anyone out there, I highly recommend. Um, And just a kind of final question to wrap things up. I know that you're kind of like the networking queen. Like you mentioned (laughs) in previous interviews that you've gained the courage to go up to now the previous editorial director at a fashion show where you presented yourself, you asked her for advice. And then in the end, you guys ended up working together. So do you have any like general advice for um, networking and maybe people that are a little bit more shy to do so? Yeah. um, First of all, I think there is a time in your life when it's less about networking and more about like building yourself and your brand and your work up. You know, before I met Aya and before I 
kind of started really finding the confidence in myself to go up to people at Fashion Week and be like, hi, I'm a big fan of your work and pitching myself. I needed something to pitch. Um, So there were a lot of years where I kept my head down and I really just busted my butt to create content that was valuable and meaningful um, and impactful. So, you know, I did my Instagram. I built an audience. I really engaged with that audience. I created a business out of myself and out of an Instagram account. And then, you know, I, I did internships and I started building a network very organically by working for people and staying in touch with them. And, you know, I think really having that foundation is important. So if you do have an internship, start building your network there, like with the people you work with, stay in touch with them, follow up with them, be like, Hey, you know, if you guys are looking for more work, I'm happy to contribute. But if you don't, there are other ways to build yourself up like that. You can start a blog. That's free. You can start an Instagram account. That's free. You can, you don't have to have an internship or a lot of money or anything to start, you know, kind of investing in yourself. Like, you know, your investment doesn't have to be money. It can be time. You know, I really do recommend before you go out and start networking and pitching yourself to people, creating something worth pitching. Um, And then once you've done that, you know, I think the confidence just follows. Like I started creating content that I cared about and that my followers cared about. And then when I, you know, met Aya, I was very confident that I could contribute meaningfully to a larger brand because look at what I was already doing just with myself. If you can do something like that with no resources, imagine what you can do with a whole company full of resources. If you see someone out on the street who you admire, go up to them and tell them, um, you know, no one's ever not going to be flattered. Like no one's ever going to be annoyed that you came up to them to say you admire their work. Reaching out in cold emails to people you admire is, you know, I think it's good to do, but I think you need to do it right. You know, I get a lot of cold emails in my inbox that are like, Hey, I've always wanted to work for a fashion magazine. Do you have any advice? And you know, it, it just feels like, you know, you don't want to come across like you're asking for a free handout. And, um, you know, you know, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to approach people. So, um, you know, I think use your judgment in that area and it's not hard to figure out, but, um, you know, do your research like Cosmo, no one at Cosmo considers it a fashion magazine. So, um, you know, doing your research and paying attention to what the person you're emulating truly does and cares about and, um, kind of aligning, your values with them and expressing to them that you're on the same page and you just want to make what they're doing even better and contribute to something that they care about too. Like no one's going to be annoyed by that. So, um, you know, I think step one is kind of building up yourself and your content and creating something worth pitching. And then step two is going out and pitching it. Meeting Aya at Fashion Week was one of the more valuable networking experiences that I'll probably ever have. And, you know, I consider her a friend and a, and a mentor. And, um, you know, I think our relationship would be different had I not approached her out of the blue being like, hey, I admire your work. I, you know, can reference 10 plus things that you've worked on in the last year because I really, I truly follow your career. I, I read up on, I care about what you're doing. And, you know, what she said back to me was like, dope, when you have a resume and like when you, or what did she say? When you have a degree from school, she was like, when you have a degree, bring me your resume to the office and we'll talk. Like, you know, so I think even if I hadn't already applied and gotten the Cosmo job, I would have been able to go talk to her and be like, hey, I care about this. And, I think it's important to kind of approach it in the right way. And, um, you know, I think you can kind of get a feel for what the right way is the more you do it and the more you practice it. So um, I think cold emails, you know, staying in touch with your existing network and 
if you're in New York, chances are you're going to walk by someone who inspires you, right? Um, it's a big city, but everyone kind of who lives there jokes that it's a small city. And, you know, every time I see someone out on the street who, you know, doesn't look like they're busy or in the middle of something, I'll be like, hey, my name is Sam. I, I work at Cosmo and, you know, I've been following your work for years. Um, here's my card. Like, if you have a card, I'd love to take it if you wouldn't mind. Like, I'll shoot you an email and like, I would love to hear more about this project you're working on or something, you know? Um, I think it's a really important part of kind of what you do and who you become. The people you surround yourself with are, like you are a combination of those people at the end of the day. So I think creating and building a really strategic network is gonna be a huge part of how your career takes off. Yeah, beautifully said. That was some really good advice. Um, Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Sam. It was so great to hear your story and It's incredibly inspiring just hearing that from the beginning you've wanted to work for Cosmo and look where you are now. And I'm so excited to see where you'll be even like five years down the road. So thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I can be a rambler because this is what I love (laughs) to talk about the most. So thanks for putting up with it. And, you know, thanks for kind of giving me a platform to help even more people than I can already reach on my own. And that was Sam Fair. She is absolutely lovely. And you can really tell how passionate she is about her job. You can find her on Instagram and YouTube at Samantha Fair. And make sure to check out her online clothing company. Please subscribe and leave a review if you can. See you next week.